Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Countdown to Infinity, which turns out is a completely uh, original name, and no other podcast has that name, and we're fine. Right, Matt? Absolutely. We are nothing if not original. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's your favorite podcast from everybody here at Loading Ready Run about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are watching all currently 18, no, 17, 17 films. I bought my 18... my Black Panther tickets uh, yesterday, so it's it's 18 oh, films now. So, well, that's 18 films in a month, but currently 17, with the idea being we'll get to 19. Yes. A- assuming yes. the world does not blow up. Yes, that that's correct. All right. That sounds really good. I'm James. I'm Matt. He's, he's Matt. And today, uh, we are talking about The Incredible Hulk which came out uh, in 2008, uh, specifically June 13th, 2008. So it came out about six weeks after Iron Man. Uh, This is uh, directed by Lois, is it Lois Leterrier? (laughs) We probably should have looked that up before starting the podcast. I I, I have it in front of me. I I I just don't know if if I've pronounced it. Lewis. Lewis. Letter- L-E-T-E-R-R-I-E-R. That yes, it could be Louis. It looks French. It could uh, be it does Louis. Sound fr- it does sound French, which is why I went to Louis. Yeah. But, but yeah. Well, we've already messed that up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I can, I can pronounce this guy's name. Ed Norton. Ah, uh, yes. Plays, plays Mr. the Hulk. That's right. Uh, we've got Liv Tyler. We've got Tim Roth, who I love. I love Tim Roth. Tim Roth is great. Yeah. We've got uh, some Tim Blake Nelson. Some Ty Burrell, some some uh, some Phil Dumphy for those Modern Family fans out there, mm. and uh, some William Hurt, who I also super love as uh, Thunderbolt. But we'll get to that in yeah. a little bit. What's yeah. this movie about, Matt? This movie is about Bruce Banner, who has been uh, who has been uh, bombarded with gamma rays, causing him to transform into a green very strong rage monster. Uh, He has been hiding in Brazil since he was uh, chased out of America by Thunderbolt Ross, but a series of events lead him back to America where he reconnects with his lost love, uh, Betty Ross, daughter of General Ross, and uh, generally gets into fights with the U.S. military until such a time as uh, Tim Roth... uh, the the antagonist of the film takes a dose of super soldier serum and then a dose of the hulk's blood and becomes the abomination and suddenly the military needs the hulk to save harlem from this terrible beast you nailed it sure exactly that was exactly what that movie was about that is more or less exactly what that movie's about yeah which is impressive because i i i watched it last night and i think you also watched it last night i did um all right let's just Initial impressions. It's not as good as Iron Man. It's not as good as Iron Man. It's also, it's not as bad as I think most people remember it being. Oh, I agree with you on that. It's, like, I th- I feel like a lot of people either skipped this one or get this one confused with the Ang Lee Hulk. Um, yeah. And, and the general sort of negative reception of the Ang Lee Hulk film rubs off on this movie. Um this this movie is fine. Like it's not yeah. it's not as good as Iron Man, but it's fine. It's it's a good, it, entertaining action film. I I think the problem um, that it suffers is because it was 
basically it was I would assume I don't know the exact production dates, but my guess is it lined up pretty close with Iron Man having only come out six weeks later. Mm-hmm. So clearly they were being made around the same time. Definitely. Um, they and were at two different studios like, at the time. Yeah, and it definitely um, it definitely felt a little different. Like it doesn't it doesn't really feel like a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Right. It it doesn't have that uh, feeling of sort of the sort of the light feeling to it. The the happy go lucky. The mm-hmm. the humor is certainly not there. Like there's jokes. Yeah, right? but the tone is completely different. It's, tone is completely uh, different. It's a much more like dour. I want to say introspective, but it's not that introspective. But it is much no. more of a like a dour sort of down tempo movie. Yeah. Um, part of that I think owes to just the way Norton plays Banner. Yes. Um, because like he's not the sort of like charming awkward Bruce Banner that that um, I cannot remember his Mark name. Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Thank you. Uh, is in the m- more recent Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, he's a much more sort of like sad sack yes. all the way through this movie. And, he is absolutely, and yeah. It's tough to make a sort of like happy, upbeat superhero movie when your main character is constantly mourning the fact that, you know, he can't have any friends. Yeah. I mean, like the the majority of this movie up until basically the last like big fight scene with him and the Abomination is him trying to cure himself right yeah he spends 90 percent of the movie figuring out trying to figure out a way to completely rid his rid himself of the hulk mm-hmm. um and you get the sense that he kind of just accepts his fate at the end there yeah um, he, he's moved on to trying to control the hulk at the end yeah and and this is a this is a weird hulk too like they've definitely it, it does feel like they kind of ignore this movie um they put a lot of emphasis on his heart monitor yeah, like it's some weird special. I mean, in the movie, it's it's clear it's two hundred, right? Yeah, like he hits two hundred beats per minute, and it's, and he it's hulks out. Yeah, and it's just like that's that's silly because obviously it wouldn't have worked at all if that was always the case in the later movies. Hulk needs to be in control of being able to go back and forth between Hulk and Bruce Banner to a degree, right? Um, and it also led to that incredibly useless scene in the motel with him and um him and betty yes with when they're you know about to do their thing and it's just like oh no i can't get too excited it's just like what just a little excited but you what what are you talking about you can't get excited you're supposed to not be able to get angry yeah anger is what triggers it and the fact that what they did in the later hulk movies the line and we're going to get to this in a few movies from now when we talk about the avengers but hands down my favorite line to this day is my secret is i'm always angry and he turns and smashes the crap out of the thing yeah it's still the best moment is still the best moment i think that they've filmed in all 17 of these movies but it's clear that when when doing the hulk in the avengers they looked at this and went eh, that didn't really really work or at least what they were trying to do was kind of not great yeah, so we should probably, like, circle back a little bit. Um, this, of course, was was produced by Universal Studios. Yep. It, it wasn't actually uh, Marvel Studios, because Marvel Studios didn't exist at this point in time. Um, whereas Iron Man was, I believe, Paramount did the first Iron Man movie. I can find out. Um, 
I'm pretty sure it was Paramount. But uh, yeah, these two movies in production at the same time, I assume the reason they went ahead with this film when they did rather than than something else, because it like this movie does follow on from Ang Lee's Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ang Lee's Hulk was not super well received. Um, but I, I assume the reason this one got greenlit versus, uh, you know, just going straight into Thor or what have you is that Universal already had the rights for this. And so they were like, well, we want to we wanna do a stealth reboot, and we hear you're starting to launch this cinematic universe. Why don't we do a stealth reboot, and we can just use the Hulk? But, uh, of course, it's also distributed by Universal Studios, and uh, as a result, the like the actual DVD box is not the same. The, the DVD menus are different because it uses, like, the D, the Universal House format on the, on the Blu-ray menu rather than rather than the ones that the marvel movies have so that the actual interface on the blu-ray is different um than it was for iron man and then it will be for the later movies that were brought under the marvel studios banner um so like it just sort of interesting development stuff with regards to this movie because it 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 is not the obvious choice for the next one to go to if you're trying to kick off a universe where it's like no we're, we're gonna go to iron man and 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 do that one because we think it's going to be cool and fun. And, you know, we're setting the whole tone for our universe with Iron Man. Now let's follow it up with a super risky stealth reboot of the franchise that we just about killed with the last movie. Right. Like, that that thought process doesn't follow. So it's got to be, like, Universal was just sort of champing the bit to get another movie out. And Marvel was like, sure, go ahead. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, like, so I'm, I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia pages here right now. Um, it says that both the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man were uh, the production company was Marvel Studios, um, distributed by Universal for the Hulk, and Paramount did Iron Man. Right. Um, but yeah, and then because yeah, it's it's a little weird. I also learned um, by reading some stuff last night that apparently. Uh, Edward Norton actually came in and did a, basically a rewrite on the script. Yeah, so my my understanding kind of is that's why he's no longer the Hulk. Yeah. Was that he wanted um, full script review and rewrite privileges on every Marvel movie that he was in. And, oh, and Marvel was just like, <laughs> no. Well, they also didn't give him a writing credit for it either. Right. He, he is not credited as a writer on The Incredible Hulk, and I imagine that might have been a point of contention as well. Maybe. Um, but I, I don't really know. Obviously, we'll, yeah, that, we'll never really know the, the full scope of what happened with Edward Norton. and Yeah, and that, Marvel, that may also but. just be with regards to, like, WGA rules and whatnot. He didn't actually change enough of the script to, yeah, to yeah, warrant a writing credit. Who knows? That's what I read, but who knows? So, but yeah, I... I it's it's interesting just watching it and seeing. Um, I, I I appreciate that they just skipped past the the origin story. You yeah. know they they didn't feel a need to to tell us how we got to this point, which was pretty interesting when you think that the <clears throat> excuse me when you think about the fact that the original like the two thousand three. So we're talking five years. Yeah. Removed, and they're like, eh, it's fine. People know you know what the Hulk is all about. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't think they, I, I feel like in today's, I think they probably would, would 
kick in with a with the uh, origin story. You think so? Because I, I I disagree. I don't know. Spider Man Homecoming think... being the obvious counterpoint yeah, to that, where it was yeah, like, Spider- well, Spider-Man people people know how so Spider Man came to be. Yeah. Yeah, but we're talking about like let's say if a Hulk, if this Hulk movie had never been made, and they decided okay, um, they just skipped the Hulk for this entire portion of the MCU. They're right. just like we're not doing the Hulk. We're doing we're bringing somebody and somebody else in instead. Maybe they brought in like Doctor Strange earlier, right? right? And they said no, forget it. We're not doing the Hulk. And then once we get through this, once we get through the end of Phase Three, they say okay. We have the Hulk now. Like, let's let's use this Hulk. You don't think they would do an origin story at this point? Mm, it's I, a it's a slightly different context because it's now like fifteen years removed rather than yeah, five. That's, well, that's what yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. And so that like maybe maybe now there's enough time between the previous version and the new one that doing like doing a full blown reboot with an origin story maybe makes sense. But by the same token, at like the Hulk is one of marvel's big titles it it, like it's one of the ones that had movies back in the like way back in the day it's it's one of the like you know there's a live action tv show um there was the cartoon show like spider-man and hulk both had like 1960s cartoon shows like this may be one that they would be willing to just assume that people know that hey it's bruce banner he was hit by gamma rays um you know the song yeah (laughs) So they they may have still just let this one slide. I mean, to be fair, they didn't actually completely skip the origin story. They just no, they, front loaded they, it into the credits. So you can yeah. you actually get the whole like, hey, he yeah. he's Bruce Banner and he gets hit by gamma rays and he turns into the Hulk and then he d- tears down this entire lab and puts Betty in the hospital and General Ross is angry at him and sends him away, and, and you get that without words or dialogue and you get that in the first like two minutes of screen time but it's there they didn't omit it entirely um what about uh let's talk about the look the look what 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 do you the look of the hulk like this is a very different looking hulk than what we have now yeah he's too singular. um he's got yeah he's too like he's he's very stripey he's very leathery yeah um yeah, it's a little weird. And it's also, I mean, um, I think they've done, I think with like, uh, with the Hulk in, in Thor, with the most recent viewing of Hulk, where he's just full on like, I'm just talking as the Hulk. Yes. Um, that is that is what they probably should have done here. Um, given him a little bit more character. Yeah. Uh, a few more lines of dialogue. Because apparently, I, I, from what I understand, there was contention as to... He doesn't get to say anything, uh, but then they're like, "No, he gets to say these few things, like Hulk Smash," and it's just like, "All right, sure, yeah, that's neat." But I, I kind of like the way they've done it because they've given him an arc through the films now, right? Like in this one, he's the sort of primal beast, and then the very next time we see the Hulk, he's like he's the primal beast in this one, but at the end, he's like, "All right, I need to go off into." The, the wilderness of Bella Coola BC and <laughs> and train myself on how to control this. And then when we get to the Avengers, he's like sort of controlling it. He you know, he's, yeah, he's got it under 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 wraps and he, he's yep. able to keep it most of the time, but he's still on like if he gets hurt, it'll still come out and and what have you. And then by the end of that movie, he's like, No, actually I can just turn it on if I want to. Um and then by like 
Age of Ultron, he's essentially like they've essentially got it down to a a science where he can like turn it on and then they have a way to turn him off. Yeah. And then for uh Thor Ragnarok, he's he's basically at the point where it's not quite at will, but like he's inhabited the Hulk enough that his personality is starting to come out. Yep. Um and and so that actually like I like the fact that he has that arc. I it, it you know it's a little little bit at a time but he's developing his character by the next movie i expect to see that he will essentially be able to turn it on and off at will um because that's like i mean mark ruffalo has even talked about how that's sort of what they're trying to do with him where they just w- want to turn him into more of a character and less a force of nature so they're they're bringing more personality to that character with each appearance um and I, like i think that's cool i think that works yeah, no, I, I I agree. That is a very good point. I like that. Um, so what about the the bad guy? Uh, I remember, or I said last episode, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, of Obadiah and uh, his big his big uh, his big suit. I think kind of felt like a little. I just felt a little boring. Um, I really like uh, Abomination here. So, do you like Abomination or do you like Blonsky? I, I like Blonsky and I like the Abomination. Like, I, I think as a character and as a bad guy, Blonsky is probably one of the strongest in the first, like, first few Marvel movies. Because hmm. like we've got we've got Obadiah, whatever. As I said, kind of kind of fell flat for me. You got Blonsky, who I really like. Uh, I don't even remember. I'm like I I remember. We won't get into much. Like Iron Man two, eh? Thor, eh? Like. Uh, Captain, I, yeah, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I think Blonsky slash the Abomination might be my favorite bad guy from the from Phase One, including Loki. Uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess Loki. I guess let's go up until like the standalone films, because yeah, I will agree, Loki is probably the best once you get to the Avengers. Yeah, but, but like, if we're Loki talking, is the villain talking... of of Thor as well. Like he is the primary antagonist of that film. Yeah, he's not as good in that one though. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I and I guess I haven't seen that one for a while, so we'll rewatch it. But I was just kind of blown away by how I don't know. I just loved the story. Um, I loved his motivation. Um, like he comes on as this guy who's just like super reliable, right? Like mm-hmm. he's here because he knows what he's doing. Yes. And, then, and in the like, com- in the in the comics, he's like he's a like an actual KGB agent, I think. Right. And in here, they were like, "No, let's not do that. Let's just make you a soldier, and like a really really good one." Yeah, I believe he's on loan from the SAS or so, or yeah, the, like the and, the Royal Marines or what have you yeah. from from he, the UK. Yeah, and he comes in and he goes out on this first mission, and he he's he's angry, I guess, to a point where he's a little upset that he wasn't fully informed as to what the hell was going on. Yeah. But he's like, no, no, I'm still in. Like, let's, let's keep going. Like, you know, I, I want to see this through and I can, I can respect that. Like, yeah, you know, he had his orders and he wants to stick with them. And then, you know, he gets injected with the serum and just that scene where, uh, where Thunderbolt is coming back downstairs to where he's like, cause after he's been like kicked into a tree, <laughs> Which was super badass, by the way. Yeah. Um, he comes down. And he's like, "Oh, dude, have we found his next of kin yet?" And he's just sitting there, taking off the little finger wraps. And he's like, "Hey, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm Let's ready for. This. I'm, I'm ready like, for round oh, three. Hell yeah, yeah. Like when he did that, I was like, I was 
51% on his side. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Beat the shit out of Hulk. Like, I want to see this now. So, Blonsky is not my favorite villain. I Like, one of the things I think is interesting is that he is, ba- like, the Abomination, at least, is basically Ironmonger again. Because it's just... Kind of. It's, I guess, yeah. It's, whereas Iron Man was like... Hey, hey, I'm a guy in a suit. And then the villain was like, hey, I'm a guy in a bigger, angrier suit. Uh, (laughs) This is, hey, I'm a Hulk. Hey, I'm a bigger, angrier Hulk. Um, But that said, there's one scene, there's one action scene, and it's easily the best action scene in the whole movie, in my opinion, um, that, that sold me on the idea of the universe 110%. And that mm-hmm. is the scene just before he gets kicked into a tree where they're at Culver College, um, yep. or Culver University, rather. And Blonsky is on the serum, mm-hmm. but hasn't, like, gone over the top yet. And he gets he just goes one-on-one with the Hulk. Yeah. It is it is another version of the super serum. We hadn't seen a Captain America movie at that point. That scene is proto-Captain America versus the Hulk. And I, like, I saw that scene was, like, I need Captain America now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that scene is so, so good. Um, and it, it gives you a taste of what's coming down the pipe. And, and like, Captain America could not come out fast enough for me after that. It was, like, that scene is just so cool. Watching That's him, fair. like, f- you know, doing flips over the Hulk and, like, out running twice as fast as all the other soldiers on the field. And when the Hulk has those two big metal shields and he's just like trying to hammer him and he's like jumping yeah. off the shields. Ugh. It's so good. It is. Um I think I, I, I feel like it should be said though that when you compare Iron Man to Ironmonger and Hulk to Abomination, I feel like uh Obadiah just told a bunch of scientists to make a, a suit for him. Whereas um as Blonsky is like inject it into my veins and turn me into something that I don't know if I can come back from. Like, I feel like the stakes are a little higher there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think right? that's fair. Um, And also, I mean, I guess I, I like, again, I, I really like Tim Roth. I think he's a really fantastic actor. And I think just he does such a great job with this character that maybe that's blinding me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's um, super good in this role. He's, he's yeah. so intense and, like, has that sort of like that sort of aggressive edge to his character um where he's just always raring to go which i mean like abomination in this movie is basically an aggression monster rather than a rage monster so that makes sense right. but yep. um like he's he's cool you want you like you want to see him what he's gonna do you want to see where this is gonna go because he's just chomp like champing the bit for it um so so yeah like he he's a good character. It's it's it, it, and you know as I say that that one scene especially just completely sold me on the next five years of Marvel movies. Yeah, I I think I think as we go through this, uh, as we go through all these films, I think we're gonna find that the bad guys are maybe not the like Loki aside because clearly. They these writers love Loki. The the movie makers love this character because they keep bringing him back uh, over and over again because he actually has like a really deep character. Like there's a lot going on there, whereas all the one offs are just like, yeah, it's a bad guy. Yeah. His you know their motivation is 
mostly just about you know power yeah. or or control and there's a lot more going on with loki yeah um, and i mean uh, that again comes back to my my sort of pet opinion about the the universe where like we pit these heroes against dark reflections of themselves so that they have to because they have to conquer their internal demons it's not about whether they're going to beat the bad guy it's about coming to terms with some aspect of themselves throughout the yeah. like yeah of course yeah um so so yeah i, I agree with you the the one-off villains mostly are just one-off villains um people call this a problem and maybe it is just because we don't have sort of like a rich rogues gallery from which to draw of like recurring villains but uh, you know i i think it works i i'm so invested in the the heroes that the villains being monsters of the week doesn't bother me that much yeah that's fair if you want to talk about villains that we're not gonna see come back though how about that's uh that sequel bait of uh of mr blue becoming the leader that yeah they never never... gonna show up again yeah, they didn't really ever do anything with that. Like they the sure blood drops didn't. in and his head goes all kind of crazy and then you're like that's it. You never see him again. Yeah, because um, Universal is never going to distribute another Hulk movie, so Marvel is never going to make another standalone Hulk movie. So that's just never going to happen. He yeah. we just have to assume that the leader is out there being evil somewhere in the Marvel universe and none of the heroes care enough to stop him. <laughs> just kind of a for anybody could you do you know uh i because i don't honestly know a whole lot about the leader do you is there do you know enough about it to talk about it for a second um i i honestly i had to google who he became last night but he's got like psionic powers and a super genius level intellect and he is a regular villain of the hulk like that's the the like two pair or two sentence wikipedia description that's Um, fair i'd have to Uh, look it up in order to actually go deeper on that he's a bad guy yeah, I've I've had a genius idea. By the way, two oh. movies in, I've already had this genius idea for Wikipedia, or at least the editors of Wikipedia, who are big into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it it became so blatantly apparent to me last night that I think ninety percent of every actor who is working these days exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. More I or think less. I think we need a badge on the top of every actor's page that just displays whether they exist in the MCU or not. Cause I think it would take less time to add those or it, take, it would probably take more time to add those to the people who are than aren't, but I don't really care. I want to see it. Cause I was watching last night and Ty Burrell shows up and Ty Burrell is again, I mentioned this off the start. He is the dad on modern family, which is uh, if you don't know, it's a very, very popular uh, sitcom on ABC. And I was like, Oh yeah, freaking phil dunphy is in the universe obviously not as phil dunphy but this character and this actor is here and like i started looking and i was like oh my god just everybody exists in this universe we should have a badge on their wikipedia pages that just is an instant it it would i I, because i feel like here's where i'm coming from i want to help out the casting directors over at the mc uh, over at marvel studios you know, I feel like they probably have a hard enough time keeping track. Have we cast that, if, that guy already? Yeah, it's like, is, yeah, exactly. Wait, yeah. you know that guy who would be perfect for this movie? That, that the dad on Modern Family is just like, oh, no, sorry, he was in The Incredible Hulk. They've, Damn it. They've already had that problem because, uh, um, oh, I can't think of her name, but uh, an actress was cast in both, um, 
man, I'm blanking on names hard tonight. Uh, cast in both Civil War and not Jessica Jones, not Iron Fist, not Daredevil, but Luke Cage, um, and and played two oh, different characters in in both of those. She she played like the villain in the one, and then or the oh, like the villain in Luke Cage, but but also like the woman whose son died that guilt trips Tony at the elevator in Civil huh. War. That's interesting. Yeah, so that like they've they've. And they're, they're, they're two different characters. Like, the two characters are named differently, but it's the same yeah. actress. Um, yeah. So, so they, like, they're already in that sort of a situation. But uh, Ty Burrell, is that, was that Liv Tyler's n- new that's boyfriend? The boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the psychiatrist boyfriend who honestly doesn't have an enormous role in the movie. He is forgettable and pretty much doesn't... I, I feel like there must be something more that we didn't see... That either got cut or um, just never made it past scripting, because like he he's so inconsequential in this well, film. He has one important point. Well, he has two important things to do. Important thing one is to uh, give General Ross a lead, because that's how they find him at Culver University. It's like, oh, he's staying in our second room, so go get him. They're going to the university tomorrow because he he yeah. rolls over for for general ross and then his second job is to get cheated on by Liv tyler later on in the movie yeah but that doesn't really i i feel like there are like there are other ways like there are ways yeah i feel like there's a ways to do that rather than because the fact that he's the boyfriend didn't really play in like she pretty much just immediately is like oh bruce banner's back all right well i'm (laughs) obviously clearly still in love with you and because I don't like she barely even talks to the talks to Leonard again. Yeah. Who, yeah. That's no, his character's it, it's name. over the moment she sees Bruce in the yeah. like the restaurant door. So it's just like I, I feel like they could have done something a little bit more interesting, a different character. I don't know, something um, that would have made use of. Yeah. Getting those mainly that number that number one job done, because the number two, as you mentioned, they're getting cheated on by Liv Tyler is like, OK, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I read really quickly, uh, before we move on here, uh, unless you have more things that you'd like to talk about is, um, David Duchovny was apparently a front runner before Norton was cast. Really? Oh my God. I want to see that movie. Yeah. I I, I can see it. I want to see David Duchovny as the Hulk so bad right now. (laughs) Oh, that would be great. All right. I see it. Um, other things to talk about with regards to this movie. Um, I'm going to just rattle off a couple of things that I thought about while the movie was playing, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, Bruce Banner moving to, to Rio from Virginia. It's like, oh, I can't control this rage monster. I'll move to one of the most populous cities in the world. <laughs> yeah. And then complains about the idea of being in a populous city later in the movie. It's like, yeah, d- dude, dude. Yeah. Um, two. Also, I love the bit. Uh, it reminded me when he 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 hulks out in Brazil, and then wakes up in Guatemala. Yes, which check your geography; <laughs> those are not freaking close <laughs> at all. I love that little bit. Yeah, and then he gets from Guatemala, I guess, all the way through Mexico back in the U.S. Doesn't really that's sort of like movie magic. Like, eh, who cares? Yeah, we just need him back in the states. Yeah, but he's, it's he's kind either of like, like begging for money, and then yeah, t- and, and then seventeen all of a sudden, days later, he's managed to save up enough panhandling to buy a plane ticket home. I guess. Yeah, I guess. 
Uh, who knows? All right, what else you got? Uh, number two, um, police car boxing gloves. <laughs> yeah, police car boxing gloves was phenomenal. Yeah, one of, one of the best things in this whole movie. Um, also, I would have liked to have seen this in a funnier film because it feels a little out of tone in the movie. But when he does the big heroic jump off the helicopter, and they're like, well, you're not even sure you'll change. And, and he's like, no, I have to try. And he leaves yep. out of the helicopter. You're like, oh, he's going to change. And yep. then he's like, oh, shit. And just yeah. pancakes on the ground. Um, like, that's really funny. It would be a lot funnier in a modern version of this movie. Yes. Um, well, Because it's like a cartoon think... bit. Yeah, and the reason that it it doesn't work in this movie, in my opinion, is you've you've made such a big deal out of every time he changes into the Hulk and it takes time, right? It's not this immediate thing that happens. Yeah. Whereas for that gag to work, it needs to be a instantaneous like go, right? Like yeah. and and we're going. And it doesn't that's just not the case. Um but I agree. I think in in a funnier or yeah, in a in a later film that would have probably landed a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um and then there was one other thing. What was the other thing? Oh, um, them bringing back the Lonely Man song when he's, uh, like, yes. bereft and, and, like, looking for help in you yep. know, Central America. Good use yeah, of that, that was... track. That's that's very yeah. good. Yep. All right, so we've come to the all-important conclusion, which is, where does this rank on all of these movies that we have watched so far? Mm. Which is to say, this is number two. Yeah, like it's I, it's just it's it's not as good as Iron Man. No, it is a lot better than I remember it being. Yeah, it's a good um, movie. It is a good movie. This is um, one where it, it like if if you're listening to this and you haven't watched this movie in a while, it you know it's not going to be one of the best Marvel movies, but it, it no, it's a good solid I, one that is worth revisiting because you'll probably like it more rewatching it than you remember liking it the first time you watched it. I 100% agree with that. I think, unfortunately, I do think that after after the 19 of these movies, it's still going to be probably pretty low on my list. Yeah, but I think it'll be even, low on mine too. Something that I think is going to come up over and over again is that even if a movie is low on this specific list, it's still a good movie. Yeah. Like, it's still worth your time to go and watch this movie. It's, it is, to be honest, maybe a little longer than it needs to be, this one especially, like, it's mm. just shy of two hours, which, for what's going on in it, probably wasn't completely necessary. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say it is 100% worth your time to, yeah, if you haven't watched it recently and you're listening to this and you're thinking, eh, I could go, I could take her to leave it. I Take it. Like, go watch it. I think you're going to like it. Yeah. Um, more than you remember. Yeah. I mean, like, we haven't been giving numerical rankings to these movies, but... By and large, I feel like all the Marvel movies fall in between, like, a 6.5 and a 9, 9.5. Yeah. Um, and I would definitely rate this, like, the, like lower end, 6.5, yeah. 7. But yeah. it's still, like, a 6.5 or 7 out of 10. Like, there are yeah, way worse movies than that. Yeah, certainly way worse comic book movies, right? Definitely. Like, I You generally, in a blind test, if you said incredible hulk or any other you know random superhero movie in the last 
20, 25 years, the Incredible Hulk is still probably going to be on par, maybe better, yeah. maybe worse, but probably on par with every other one that's out there. Well, I mean, quick test. Incredible Hulk or X-Men 3? Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Daredevil. God, I don't even remember Daredevil. It's just as well. Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah, that's true. Like, oh, God, I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> um, Incredible Hulk or, I don't know, one of the Blades? Ooh, that's 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 close. I would probably take the original Blade over Incredible Hulk, but it's close. Yeah. And that might just be because I'm misremembering Blade. <laughs> Incredible Hulk or either... Any of the three Fantastic Fours. Oh, Incredible Hulk. Easily. Yeah. And I'd take Incredible Hulk over the two new Spider-Man movies. The, like, Uh, the Amazing Spider-Mans. The Amazing, yeah, the Amazing Spider-Mans. I agree with that. Again, I I think it just averages out that, yes, there are probably some superhero movies that are better than this that exist outside the MCU. um, But I think a vast majority of them are actually still worse than this one. So go watch it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it. Cool. Um, thank you, Matthew, for joining me as always. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple weeks. This is going to be a lot of fun. Coming up next is Iron Man 2. Oh, right. Um, we have another Iron Man before we get to Thor. Yeah, we have another Iron Man coming out, which is <sighs> Here I was exciting. all excited for Thor. I know. No, no. you got Iron Man 2, then you got Thor, then, then we got Captain, Captain America, America, then the Avengers. Then we're on to our first Avengers movie. So, yeah. So, stick around for all those. Those are coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, if you want to follow us over on Twitter and see whatever we're talking about there, I am at James underscore LRR. Matt is Matt underscore LRR. Uh, you can see all of the other content that we produce over at LoadingReadyRun.com or Twitch.tv slash LoadingReadyRun. Uh, you can find Matt over at Twitch.tv slash Matt underscore LR. Is that correct? Yeah. L-R-R. Matt underscore LRR. Yeah. Um, and then he's streaming right now. Hmm. What are you streaming right now? What are you, what are you streaming these days? Oh, so I'm trying to do a playthrough of uh, Final Fantasy VI, but I have been running aground of some technical issues recently where I either have a horrendous audio delay or OBS crashes so bad I have to reboot my computer. So that's on Neat. hold at the moment, and I am, uh, I'm just more or less playing PUBG. So, yeah, yeah, PUBG. Uh, hopefully I'll get that fixed and I can carry on with my, uh, my Final Fantasy VI playthrough soon. Um, All right. But yeah, and then I'm uploading VODs of the Final Fantasy VI stuff to my YouTube channel. You can search me, Matt Wiggins, on YouTube, and my 52 Movies uh, vlog. I won't say vlog this time. You literally just said it. Well, I won't call it a vlog this time. You said it again. Like, oh, <laughs> it's such a terrible name. <laughs> Nobody says that. The 52 Movies vlog. Uh, honestly you should probably just call it the 52 movies vlog because you will get more people angry at you but giving you them views that's true i mean yeah the the best way to get the right answer on the internet is to state the wrong one (laughs) exactly all right uh i also really want to quickly thank everybody over at patreon.com slash loading ready run uh we wouldn't be able to do this stuff it wasn't for your support so we really appreciate that check it out again patreon.com slash loading ready run we will see you next week for iron man 2 toodles all right we're back yeah uh you thought we were gone but we're back again because we got to talk about the post-credit scene except that it's a pre-credit scene in this one so we should have done it before the credits
it's true we should have, but it's a little awkward because I feel like this was definitely uh, I don't I'm I'm on I'm legitimately curious to know when this credit or this credit scene was filmed because from what I've read it was basically like hey uh, Robert Downey Jr. can you do us a solid and record this little bit that we can put in at the end of the Hulk movie um, because we're we're trying something new here yeah. I, I think that's probably exactly what happened. Um, yeah. Like, it was likely filmed long after the rest of the movie was done. Um, I just think it's interesting that it went in before the end credits. Um, just because, like, that had to have been, like, a, uh, I, I got to think that's had, had to have been either a distribution decision or they were just like, we want people, we want people to see that, the characters can appear in other movies. And yeah. if we put it after the credits, not enough people will see that. We'll see it. Yep. Um, no, so I, right. like, I think that's, yeah, I think that's probably why they did it where it's like, like people have to know. Yeah. And I think it made sense to do it with, cause it's so th- th- the scene is um, it's Ross at a bar, um, which to be honest, at this point, I feel like he should be in like a thousand meetings to go over what the hell just happened. You know, yeah, uh, on campus and in New York. Yeah, but sure, whatever. He's what drinking just in a happened bar. to Harlem? Yeah, but sure, he's in a bar drinking because that's what you know these people do. And uh, Tony Stark walks up to him and kind of gives him some shit for what's happened. Um, and it was pretty cute. Yeah, he like get, the exchange he, is he it's, gets it's some little, shit too. Yeah, it's true, and it, it it's a fun exchange, which is I I don't know maybe doesn't quite fit the tone. Because a lot of people literally just died, but sure, whatever. Uh, and he talks about the fact that they're putting the team together, you know, wink, wink, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a good choice on the studio's part to get Robert Downey Jr. in there as Tony Stark rather than bring in um, Nick Fury again. Yes, yeah, I know. Which I is totally what they agree. did. At, which is what they did at the end of Iron Man because that would have just basically been the same scene. Like, yeah. there's nothing different there. So basically to get Tony in there made a lot of sense and seemed like it worked fairly well. Uh, it's one that I actually completely forgot existed. Like I knew there was a post credit scene, but I honestly going into it, I was just like, I really don't know what's coming up. Yeah. I don't remember who's in it. I don't remember what it's about, but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I remembered again, this one. It's, it's very similar to the one from Iron Man, but um, I think it was, I liked it. It was good. Yeah. So it leaves you wanting more. Yeah, solid 6 out of 10 post-credit, but actually pre-credit scene. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that's going to do it. Cool. Bye, bye, Matt. Bye, James. Bye, James.